0: Welcome to the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Today on the show, why so many people are loving the Roth 401k. We'll explain in no dumb questions. Plus, the three most important things to know when starting a side business. Founder of Mona Moon Naturals, Mona Okadin will join the show. And we'll take a seat at the kids' table. Does giving your kids an allowance do more harm than good? What do the kids say? And what does our expert think about it? All of that today on the 7 Figures Podcast. Here's Sandy Waters.
1: So awesome that you are here. A lot of you, I know, would love to just push the financial responsibility off to somebody else. But trust me, taking control of your money feels good. It's an incredible feeling to proudly say that you are a financially confident woman. You might not be there just yet. Don't worry. That's what we're here for. We're going to help you get there. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. Thank you for subscribing, for telling a friend about the show. Always makes my day to hear from you directly. So email me your money questions, your money success stories, bills that you paid off. We'll help you celebrate on the air. Give you a shout out. Sandy Waters, 989 at gmail.com. One major barrier for a lot of people is the fear of sounding dumb. So instead of admitting that we don't understand something, we just sit there quietly and hope it kind of takes care of itself or that someone will take care of it for us. We have to stop doing that. We have to stop being afraid to say that we don't get it. And that's why we start the show with no dumb questions. Our CFP Erica Cummings joins this part of the show from the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Hi, Erica.
2: Hello. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you for agreeing to do this with us. Absolutely. This is so important because we are we're living in such an interesting time where you have people who are literally struggling to put food on the table, but then you have other people who are not spending as much as they used to because we can't go anywhere. And so Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're taking care of everybody and there truly is no dumb questions. And we have to face this head on so that we should the only reason we feel shame is because we have a choice to feel shame. We should choose not to.
1: Yeah. And we are, like you said, we're all re-evaluating where our money is going. But then that's yes. where those questions arise. Like, like today specifically, we're going to talk about the Roth 401k. So if you yes. say that to someone and they don't know what you're talking about, they'll either nod along, like play along, like, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. They have no yeah. freaking clue.
2: Believe it or not, more people don't know than you think, but they shake their heads yes. So then mm-hmm. you just feel like you shouldn't ask the questions. Yeah. And so we're here to to just completely put that to rest so that you can go in there with the best, with the best possible knowledge to make the best decisions for your situation. Okay. So now let's break down a Roth four hundred one K. It's not offered to everybody.
1: But it is something that everybody should look into to see if it is available.
2: Yeah. And we're getting to that point towards the end of, believe it or not, we are moving towards the second half of the year. So a lot of people will start to have uh, their benefits open again. So now's the time to really start to brush up on those things. And if you do have a Roth 401k as a choice, which it's certainly becoming more popular within benefit plans, It's important to understand that the biggest difference between a traditional 401k, so the one that we've been used to for decades, versus a Roth 401k really comes down to the tax benefits. So, in a traditional 401k and a traditional IRA, you don't pay any taxes typically on the money that you put in up to the annual contribution limits, which change every year. So, in this year in 2020, that's $19,500 for a 401k. $26,000 if you're 50 and above. They do allow for what's called a catch-up amount. Okay. So basically, that money comes out of your paycheck, and it goes into your 401k, and you don't (laughs) worry... Do you need to
1: answer that? Is that a <laughs> no?
2: No, 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 no. This is this is the joys of working from home. I At know, least there right? Wasn't a child. That eventually will happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a um, normal life, right? Yeah. So anyhow, the money goes in, and you get that tax benefit up front because essentially, if you make sixty thousand a year and you put ten thousand dollars into your traditional 401k it really means that you made essentially fifty thousand dollars a year so you're only going to pay taxes on fifty thousand dollars okay money grows tax deferred the whole time that you're working and when you retire and you start to take distributions those distributions will be taxed whatever your tax bracket is during your retirement also you will have to start taking money out of traditional IRAs, traditional 401ks at age 70 and a half because the government says, hey, we've let you go all this time without paying taxes. It's time to start um, paying the piper. The Roth 401k has its tax benefits too, only it's basically the opposite. You put money into a Roth 401k up front, and let's say you make that $60,000 and you put $10,000 in, it is still considered a post-tax contribution. So when you put that money in, you don't get the tax benefit up front. So when you get your W-2 at the end of the year, a traditional 401k, that $10,000 would essentially be removed from your W-2 and you would only owe taxes on the 50. With a Roth 401k, all $60,000 still has to be paid. The taxes have to be paid on it on your W-2. However, it grows tax deferred and when you retire the money comes out tax free. So essentially you're deciding whether or not you want to have a tax benefit now versus a tax benefit later. And you know there's several things that come into play when you make this decision. You know part of it has to definitely do with your age. So the longer you have to let these things grow, the more beneficial it might be to choose the Roth because you have tons of time for for That money to grow and compound. And remember, all of the growth, not just the contributions, the growth is all tax free. So, the younger you are, the more appealing this certainly becomes. Also, thinking about whether or not you might be in a higher bracket as time goes on and you get into retirement. So, if you are young and you're in your early years of earning, you may say, you know what, I may end up in a situation where my tax bracket might actually be higher when I retire. So, and it's hard to imagine when you're 30 years old, what things are going to look like in 30 and 35 years. So a lot of times what I say is when in doubt, diversify. So if you really don't have a true sense of which one makes sense, then sometimes the best thing to do is put half in one and half in another. It's It's not a a one sum game. So you can, as long as you're meeting those limits, you can put half into the traditional and half into the Roth. So you get some of that tax benefit up front and then some of that tax benefit later. And you can always adjust. Yes. The real situation is, am I truly relying on that tax benefit now? So there are some people where if they are contributing and then all of a sudden they change to a Roth, they that's going to hurt them because they're living kind of paycheck to paycheck right now and they're hoping that things will get better down the road. So it really comes down to how much can you absorb in taxes now versus later? Okay. And again, and I'm by no means, this is a complete speculation, but we've seen how many times that legislation has changed in terms of retirement plans and when we should be taking out our minimum distributions and so on, there's also that thought process that, okay, right now in 2020, they're saying that all of that money will be tax-free 30 years from now. But 30 years from now, if everybody puts money into a Roth, that means that there will be no taxes going to the government when everybody starts to take distributions. So there may or may not be a guarantee that that will change down the road. Mm -hmm. So, and I have no idea. I just know that they've certainly made changes along the way since I've been doing this for 20 years. So I would just suggest that maybe you think about maybe diversifying between the two. That's, that's what I do. So I have a portion going into the Roth and a portion going into the traditional, and you can kind of see how that works out with your paycheck and see what makes the most
1: sense for you. Okay. And step one to even see if that's offered to you is to go to mm-hmm. your
2: employer's HR, right? That's right. And for a lot of people nowadays, uh, you know, even prior to COVID, a lot of that was all online. So you should be able to find that on your HR websites. And when you go in and you make your elections, there definitely should be a portion where you can pick a Roth versus a traditional. So uh, just take a look around. And if they, anybody has any questions, they can always reach out.
1: Okay. And what's the best way to get a hold of you? And what's the best way to follow you? Any other
2: seminars coming up? Because I know you've often held these online seminars. Yeah. So we're going to do another webinar, I think the third week in August. So okay. we haven't nailed a date down yet, but you can reach me. Our, our website is uh, theharmonyfinancialwellness.com. And then we're also at erica.cummings uh, at rbc.com.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. that is going on today a lot of people have lost that sense of job security people are still being laid off nobody knows for certain what their workplace environment is even going to look like years down the road so it makes perfect sense if you are seriously considering a backup plan which is smart what can you start on the side today that can bring in some money just in case something happens to your job? Founder of Mona Moon Naturals, wife and mama of two, Mona Akadin is here to give us her top three most important things to know when starting a side business. You are the best, Mona. Thanks for taking time to uh, to help us out today.
3: Oh, I'm glad to be here with you.
1: Okay, so Mona Moon Naturals, gosh, it is so impressive. How Fast your company has grown. <laughs> last year, right? Early last year, um yep. you were inspired to start Mona Moon Naturals because of your sister's breast cancer diagnosis. Right. Um, which by the way, how is she
3: doing? She's doing great. She oh, th- good. thank goodness she's she's doing really great. Is Thanks she for asking. In remission or is she uh, thankfully my sister caught it very, very early. Um, and she was able, she had a double mastectomy, um, to, uh, and did not have to have chemo or radiation afterwards. She just went through reconstruction and just has to have her, her checks, you know, her, yeah. her by her, her every six month checks. And, and she's, thank goodness she's doing really, really well. Oh, thriving. Good.
1: Good. And that makes perfect sense why you started this, because this product encourages you to give yourself a, a self-exam. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Self, we, um, unfortunately, we have a lot of cancer in our family. So we have been in tuned, um for from a very young age uh, about breast cancer and um, knowing our bodies very well. So um, I myself, I had two lumps removed. Um, prior to my sister's breast cancer um, diagnosis, and I found those lumps myself also, non-cancerous, thank goodness, but they were they were there anyway. So um, we have a lot of it in our family, so we've always mm-hmm. been in tune with checking ourselves daily. So, yeah. so that's one big. One thing I would encourage everybody, know your body, know how it feels, know if something changes, and if something doesn't feel right, you reach out to a doctor as soon as possible.
1: And part of the beauty product line, which is how it all started, was the deodorant, which you apply with your fingers. Yep. It forces you to, you know, get in there and really check and remind you, I guess you could say. Yep. Yep so we said it started early last year and within the first year shipped over to 26 u.s states canada germany japan now sold in seven local boutiques and included in clean beauty kit subscription box
0: all in a year and a
1: half and in the midst of a pandemic
3: yeah yeah it's pretty um you know the pandemic happens and you have to make the best of it and for myself and for mona moon it has been absolutely amazing because i've had the opportunity to really um, connect with um mcclure uh, who is an influencer in california and she is like the the queen of clean beauty she has her own podcast uh the clean beauty podcast um and i had the opportunity to connect with her she has a we have a summit Um, It was weekly at the beginning of the um, pandemic and now it's monthly Um, and through that I've been introduced to many other clean brands. I have direct connections with a number of CEOs Um, and through all this um, and the, the growth of the group, Cassandra has been always testing products, but now she's created the clean beauty kit, which is, it's phenomenal. It's you know the box is all clean beauty it's smaller brands similar to mona moon that don't have that large presence yet out mm-hmm. in out in the in you know in mm-hmm. the world um and we're all in every she's highlighting all women-owned businesses which is it's great to have that opportunity to shine um yeah. so a big thanks to her for moving this forward yeah. And opening doors and, and, and
1: connecting you with CEOs. Is that kind of intimidating to you? Or have you always been really confident where it doesn't even like no sweat? I know you are a person of power, but it doesn't bug me.
3: Um, I think with my, you know, with my background, 25 years of corporate, you know, uh, business development, um, C-level positions, I had that comfort. Okay. What's been really great um, with working with Cassandra. So you know, clean beauty, cosmetics, skincare, it is new for me. So um, in the group, she had put a note out and she needed some help. And I actually reached out and had a meeting with her. And I asked if I could become her intern. So I could actually work with her and become, have a better understanding of the industry and how it works. And actually, you know, take that opportunity to to learn. So and that, again, happened during the pandemic. It wouldn't have happened if we weren't,
1: wow. you know, if we weren't yeah. faced with this. Now, are you still working full time in addition to doing this or have you pivoted your career to this 100 percent?
3: So at the end of November of last year, I decided to leave my full time job so I can concentrate on this. How scary was that? Um, A little scary um as i transitioned um from my job i I started a consulting company and i had two consulting projects two small consulting projects where i again focus on you know women-owned businesses that had a problem go in and fill that void um one project was very quick getting in taking a look at some operations and helping them tweak some things Mm -hmm. and the other one was a long-term A development project, um, which was great, but unfortunately, the the pandemic had kind of put that one on the back burner. So as that one transitioned into a hold, I just spent more time. I've been spending more time on Monomoon, which is it's great. It's this time is it's truly a gift.
1: Okay, so if you could narrow it down, top three most important things uh, to know to be aware of when starting a business.
3: So for um, if you're if you have a product have a proven concept. So, you know, when I created the deodorant um, and it was only being sold and shared with friends and family, it was well over a year before I actually, ha- you know, created Mona Moon Naturals. So, um, you know, that group of, of people, you know, tested products for me. I would make changes to the, the formulas and Um, And the same thing when I created the the body whip and the lip balm, I would send it out to everybody and get feedback. And I had a notebook and I took notes on every single formula that was created and what everyone's feedback was. So that is the first thing I would recommend to anybody is if you are selling a product, you know, test test the water with it. Make sure it's something that's going to withstand. And then I would say... Um, what you know, know what you're worth. So, really, I did a lot of research in this space that I'm in to really know what products this product or similar products are being sold for. So, that's really important because you have to, you know, make sure you know how much does it cost for you to actually make the product and then. You know, how much are you going to sell it for so you know what your profit is? And then you have to figure out your shipping and then you have to figure out your boxes and and how much frill are you going to, what's it going to look like when you ship it out? Are you going to have tissue paper? All of those things, you have to add up all of those things um, when you're selling it to make sure you're profitable. So make sure you do your research to know what that product, similar product is being sold for. That being said, you have to know in two places. So Mona Moon is sold online. So that's one space. The other space is on the retail side. So I really had to dive in on the retail side to understand what a retailer wants to pay me when they buy my product. So um, that was a lot of research, too. Um, And fortunately, I was able to meet with a number of retailers to understand you know, if how much they are willing to pay for my product because I had to understand what the margins are that they look for. Did you Um, feel like
1: people, retailers were open to, you know, did they open the door for you and just willingly give you that kind of feedback and information? Were you asking in a in a sense of I just want to learn the business, or did you go with a sales pitch with the intention of please sell my product?
3: well first um, the first conversations I had were actually um, two very good friends of mine who own retail okay so um, I met with them individually you know one has um, she has a hair salon and the other one um, you know she has she has had a variety of retail products um, so I met with them individually to kind of get you know how they operate and at the end of the day, the okay. magic number percentages were, were basically they're pretty pretty much in line okay. so then i put together a strategy of when i went to a retailer you know putting a wholesale sheet together and i based it on how many units they would buy uh, and they would get to a certain magic number if they bought an x number of of units so i you know would figure out again how many units i had to sell to make sure i was still being profitable um and also remember, 10% of our profits are given to the Breast Cancer Coalition. So I, I still needed to make sure that I was still going to be profitable, What you know, in yeah. addition to making that donation.
1: So you have to talk money facts with these retailers. Not necessarily, I mean, the product itself, you have to sell why it's so great. But really, they want hard facts numbers.
3: They do. And then, you know, what what I present to them here is what the wholesale costs are that I will sell it to you for. And oh, by the way, this is what it's sold for online. So they know what okay. you know, so they're always aware of what I sell it for. So it's their choice to sell it at that price. And I have I have retailers selling it at the same price. I have retailers that sell it higher. Um, so, you know, it's their, they know their clientele, what they're willing to pay for.
1: Okay, and then the third piece of advice that you would give.
3: The, the third piece of advice I, I would have is to say, have your tribe. So have a good circle. Um, in my case, um, I, I have women's. I'm in the women's presence organization. So I have my tribe. That because now, I, now I'm a solo entrepreneur. I have nobody around me. I have you know, um, I'm working on my own. So you're going to have good days, bad days. So you have to have your, your tribe around you that can help you. You know, um, I have this problem. Can you guys help me? I'm trying to negotiate this deal. Can somebody help? Me? So they're, they're there to help you through uh, a challenge, a problem. They're there to be your cheerleader. They're there to, to help you through and encourage you, encourage you. And also remind you why you did this. Mm. They remind me why I decided to go out on my own and why this product is so, why these products are so important for me um, to get out there and they're like, you can do it. Come on, what do we need to do, you know? So it's yeah. really great to have that, that group, that tribe, you can call it your, um, y- you know, your boards or, or whatever, you know, yeah. businesses have different different group names, but for me, it's, you know, it's that tribe, it's that circle of people that I can call it anytime to, to help, to reach into.
1: Now, I know you're um, you're very engaged with your money. You don't like debt, right? I recall from previous conversations. Yep. How right. much money do you need, though? Because I think that's what scares a lot of people. Yeah, there's some job insecurity, but they'll muster through it because they're not sure if they have enough money to start a side business or to turn their passion into a business. Right. How much money do you need to set aside to get this all started?
3: It depends on the person and their, and what they're willing to, what their budget is and their investment, you know? So for me, when I started the business and I was working full time, the most important thing off, you know, starting off was my website because that's the first impression. So I put together a budget of what I was willing to spend on a, budget, on a, on a website, and then I went out and got three, but, three prices. And then from there worked with, you know, those companies and then, you know, picked a company um, to work with. So it it really depends on, you know, yourself and and what you're willing to to invest in. But you there's always something you're going to have to invest in. So at the beginning, it's, you know, your website presence. And now, you know, for me, the big thing is social media. And I've entertained um, proposals from companies to do you know your social media and i'm like uh no i have to still do it myself because you know they are professionals and it's very expensive but i'm not at that point that i can afford that you should hire um, your kid i'm telling you these kids afford find a 14 year old
1: i know we have
3: we have you know our you know in the clean beauty con the the group that you know i now have a, a i hired a, a person to write my blog She came from there. She is a writer. She live, eats, and breathes in the clean beauty space. So that was the person that I needed to have, you know, we're getting ready to launch the blog. So I needed that, you know, so that was an investment for me. Um, so, you know, now I'm starting to work with some other, you know, brands. I've done a number of giveaways with other brands, identifying who I want to work with and who's going to help. We can help each other grow. So yeah, I mean, it all depends on on what your product is and what you need to do. I mean, I make all the products, so I don't have to, it's not like I'm shipping the ingredients somewhere to a manufacturing facility Ah. two times a year, and then I'm spending a lot of money to have all the products come and sit here. I'm making everything fresh, so there's nothing sitting around. So as the money comes in, I'm, you know, buying more packaging and i'm buying more um materials to make um it's just those other you know upfront investments that you have to make um Mm -hmm. to do it or even like a class if you know there's a couple classes i want to take right now so i have to pay up front for them or attend a seminar you pay for that so it's um it it all depends on what you know what you're interested in doing and what you want
1: all right so where can we
3: follow monamoo naturals how can we uh how can we support you? Our website is monamoonnaturals.com. So you can buy directly online. It's great. Um, on Instagram, it's at monamoonnaturals. Facebook, monamoonnaturals. And our, support our local shops also. I, you know, I'm so happy when I have a reorder. Um, so we are at Brow Diva. We are at Truron Park. We are at Park Lee. Um, we are at Thrive in Pittsburgh, Show and Place. We are at uh, Shop One at RIT. We are at Faro's Harem in Fairport and in Henrietta.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mona. Thank you. It's time now to take a seat at the kids' table. Our money expert, CEO of Money Savvy Generation, Susan Beecham, is here. Hi, Susan. Hey, Sandy. I'm so excited that you said yes to coming on the podcast every week. You committed to every week.
0: Stop saying every week. I've already added up. It's 52. 52 (laughs) times.
1: (laughs) But you are the perfect person to help us parents figure out the best way to teach our kids about money because that's what you do. Yes. I will surely give it a try. Okay. So today we asked the kids about getting an allowance. Here's what they said.
4: Do you think parents should give their kids an allowance? I think kids should get an allowance because in my money book it says, say you got $12, you split it four ways. One save, one spend, and one goes to, like, taxes, which is basically to go back to your parents. So it kind of teaches you life lessons. Yeah, I think it's, like, a good way to start teaching your kids at a young age. I wish my mom did that with us. Yeah. (laughs) Would they have to do any chores around the house to earn it? Uh, I think so. If you work for money, it feels better when you get the money and it feels like you accomplished something. What about you? Yeah, I agree because when you get a job, you don't just sit there being on your phone and get paid. You have to actually do work to be able to get paid. How much and how often would you give it to them? I'd probably say um, $12.00. and (laughs) and every week after they do their chores so like twelve dollars per week I think that there should be like a list of different chores with different dollar amounts so like doing the dishes is three dollars but sweeping is one dollar so then you choose which ones you want to do and like the harder jobs get more money because isn't that kind of how it is in the real world so I don't know that's what I would do with my kids all right what do you think
0: susan well you know what what i think is that kids know so much more about this topic than we think they know Mm. and the only way to find that out is instead of just delivering a program this is how much and this is what you do ask them first because that kind of creates some ownership in what they're doing so what's so interesting to me is These kids get, they need to exchange time for money. These kids get, they need to actually work hard. So they already know something about work ethic to earn money. These kids think harder jobs should get more money. And they said they want options when they get chores, value assigned to certain chores. So if you get that kind of conversation going with them then they all of a sudden feel a part of how this allowance is created. And they're much more willing, I think, to participate when they've been a part of the actual development of the program.
1: So there's not one right or wrong answer. It's something that you both create together, you're saying.
0: There is a quote I love, and it applies to everything in life. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And I think parents get so caught up in being perfect about allowance that they scare themselves out of the room. They decide, I can't do that. I'll never have the cash ready. I'll never have the time ready. I'll never oh. remember. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. I have heard that from parents. Well, what if I don't have the money? Then what kind of example is that?
0: Okay. And okay, so let's just run with that. What if I don't have the money? It's a, it's a teachable moment. Everything that you don't have ready, when it's supposed to be ready is a teachable moment. So I know today was the first of the month and I, you and I agreed, I'm gonna pay you $12 a week for your allowance. I don't have the money. So as a result, when I don't have the money available for a bill, let's say, uh, that I have incurred, couple things happen. One, I could, uh, let's say it's an electric bill, I could lose the electricity, which wouldn't be so good in a real hot summer, or I get charged extra money. That's called interest. I have to pay. There's consequences to not being ready on time. A great opportunity to explain in the context of you yourself not being ready, what those consequences are. So don't look at any... Um, momentary lapse in, in your being ready as a parent, as something that is bad. Actually, it's an opportunity. It's a teachable moment. Now, would you have to pay your kid interest, though, after you explain the whole interest concept? (laughs) Well, Yeah, you know, I I have actually had parents end up paying interest uh, to their kids but then let's do the flip side of that. What happens when they don't do their chores and they don't get um, their allowance? So I was late, the parent says, and I paid you interest. I'm looking at your chore list and you haven't done your chores. So there is no allowance this week. Wow. You're kidding, mom. You're kidding, dad. I'm not going to get allowance. No, this is a consequence. This Uh, is what happens when you don't exchange your time for money. So what could we do? What could we do as a team? Because allowance is teamwork. This is not one person executing a program for another. Okay. This, These are two people as a team. All right. So I was late this month, says mom, and I don't have um, the allowance money to give to you. So what can we do? Well, you know, mom says, I think one thing we could do is How about I ask you to let me know 24 hours in advance when your allowance is to be paid. I put it on you to tell me this bill is coming due in 24 hours. And then we get a chance to look at your chore list and you get a second shot at making sure your chores are done so that when the allowance is paid, it's paid in full. You know, putting in that what I would call grace period is a nice introduction to credit cards. You know, credit cards give you, what, 26, 27 days? Yeah. Pay your bill without interest.
1: But the concept of giving your kids an allowance altogether, just in general, are you thumbs up on it?
0: I am double thumbs. And if I had another set, I would put another set up. Here's why. Here's what a lot of parents... Uh, struggle with giving a child money. Even you, Sandy, gasped when the young man said $12 a week. You were like, I know what was going I could <laughs> read your mind. I could see the <laughs> tape on your, in your Well, here's what
1: I'm thinking I never, I don't pay my kids an allowance because I say this is a household that we are all a team. We all have to contribute to the household.
0: Perfectly fine you're right there there is a list of things that families do that families do and then there's the other list the list of things that may not necessarily fall into keeping the household going it could be you have a bunch of things to file for your show and so you ask your son if he would give you an hour or two every week to take care of Um, that administrative task
1: so you're saying then the household chores like keep your room clean that should be just part of living here but then any extra things it'll teach them a way to work to earn money correct correct Uh okay what can I have my kids do let me think now (laughs) now I'm brainstorming my social media account maybe no (laughs) that's daunting for us parents (laughs)
0: But Sandy, you laugh, but I think kids who are hired to give you some IT or some social media ideas Mm -hmm. is a great idea. First of all, it's a great self-esteem boost to your child to be looked at as an expert in something. And again, it creates this teamwork between the two of you that translates into teamwork in other things you want to get done. So Mm. um, parents who are uncomfortable with the concept of allowance or giving their kids money every week, they have to remember the children need to learn how to practice self control, need to learn how to work with their emotions, need to learn how to delay gratification, need to learn how to plan. All of these skills are not necessarily what you're born with. But the research tells us that it's a learned behavior. This impulse control, this delayed gratification, this stop, think, plan, reflect. Those are all skills that are critically important to a child's life outcomes, better life outcomes. So as a parent, think about all you're gaining by giving your child money to work with on a weekly basis. Now, the research also tells us the kids are not so great at abstract concepts, concrete experiences. That's what helps them hit the ground running and learn what it is you're trying to teach them. Allowance is a hands-on concrete experience. I love it. Our money expert
1: CEO of Money Savvy Generation, Susan Beecham. Where can we find you? How
0: can we follow you? Yeah, I would love to hear from people on my blog, SusanBeecham.com. And uh, MoneySavvy.com is our website where all our tools, all of our creative inventions to help parents get this message communicated and get it embraced by their children They're all there for you to take a look at and peruse. There's even a whole bunch of free materials. We love that word, free materials, that are only going to cost you your time that can help you get this conversation going as well. Perfect. Susan, you're the best. Ah, Thanks, Sandy.
1: So much good stuff. I hope it did help. Please let me know if there's a topic you want us to answer in No Dumb Questions, a guest that you want me to try to get on the show, or if there's advice you need when talking money with the kids, this podcast is for you. Sandy Waters, 989 at gmail.com. Cheers to being financially confident women. Talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Seven Figures podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union.